I want to make one final public apology here in hopes that afterward we can all move on because I really don't want to hear anything else about it. At 11.30 a.m. on September 28th, I made an irreverent remark concerning the recent tragedy in Montauk, New York. By 11.39 of the same day, I had received over 40 messages condemning said remark. I promptly deleted it. However, it was not forgotten. Over the past 24 hours, I have been receiving an average of two messages per minute. I am currently being notified once every 30 seconds with unwavering superfluity that I'm insensitive, that I have no understanding of human grief, and that I'm part of the problem that creates the environment of insincerity from which tragedies like this are born. Here's one now. In shock over your comment, Ray Montauk, disillusioned with you as a person. I have made irreverent remarks in the past. Strictly in terms of numbers, this has been my most popular irreverent remark to date. I've done some cursory statistical analysis to try and discover the underlying factors contributing to this popularity because I've approximated that it is no more or less irreverent than previous remarks in the sum total of my personal remarking history. Here is what my research indicates. I believe a large part of it is obviously due to the freshness of the tragedy, and a second larger and more complex part is related to the image of prevailing innocence associated with the East Hamptons in general and the hamlet of Montauk specifically. For example, prior to this, recent crimes have included the unauthorized rearrangement of lawn ornaments, a threatened suicide conditional on the Giants losing to the 49ers, which thankfully for all involved did not occur, and someone watching the Playboy channel in their own living room with their blinds not properly drawn. The biggest controversy in two decades has been whether or not to postpone the July 4th fireworks display in order to protect the nesting habits of the endangered piping plover. You'll be happy to know that out of mad respect for the piping plover, July 4th is now celebrated every Labor Day. My point is, when something like this happens in a place like that, it's different than when it happens in Detroit. Lightning can strike the helmet of a soldier at war, or it can strike the middle wheel of a pony ride. Please understand, I'm not attempting to blame geography for my own transgressions. Places don't make offensive remarks. People within places make offensive remarks. And I assure you, I take full responsibility for my off-handed verbal crimes. I once dumped a terrarium of land crabs on the floor in a drunken rage at a party. I have known regret before. This feeling is not new to me. Hold on a minute. Sorry about that. That was room service. I'm in New York for a few days on a procedural crime show. 
My window faces east. I'm on the top floor. I'm looking toward Montauk right now, in fact. The light pollution and distance make it impossible to see, of course, but it's out there in the dark beyond. I know that. I'm very aware of that fact. Another one. Repent now, Urbaniac. A follow-up by a second commenter reads, The solace cannot repent. Look, all I want to do is apologize. At the same time, I feel like whatever I offer will be rejected in some strange game of planned obsolescence, which is fine. Some things are designed to fall apart because that's the only way they can truly function. You need this apology to fail in order to stimulate the economy of your own personal fury. I get that. And in direct response to 2,874 messages, I can assure you that while I do apologize for my remark, it was not insensitive. It was actually the epitome of sensitivity. My statistical analysis shows, in fact, that I have historically been a very sensitive person. I've been hovering on the verge of empathy for years. What I'm trying to say is, once and for all, I am sorry for my comment and another one. This one reads, thinking of jokes to make it your funeral. Got ten good ones so far. Jesus Christ. How many times do I have to say it? I am sorry. I am sorry for your nitroglycerin sensibilities, which were instantly shattered by a few tip-taps from my keyboard one board morning. I am sorry that you were more upset by my remark than by the headline that inspired it. I am sorry that my single comment tipped it over that precipice from national tragedy to personal affront. I am sorry for your loss of other people's loved ones. I apologize on behalf of the Wright brothers for their role in 9-11. I apologize for the PR department of Kool-Aid, who should have issued you a lifetime supply of Berry Berry Cooler to alleviate your trauma after Jonestown. I apologize for Darwin, who perpetuated the six million years of evolution that gave us the Norway rat who shamelessly carried the bubonic plague through Europe and destroyed a third of humanity. I know that one was especially hard on you. I am truly sorry. Wow, 20 new messages in the whole jokes for your funeral thread. Oh, Jesus. Some of these are really... Okay, I'm going to take a step back now. Let's all just take one step back. It's too nice of a night. Go outside and look around you. There's a seven-eighths full moon. It's cool and breezy, and people are sharing cabs and touching each other innocuously, just out of the sheer delight of being alive and having hands. There are people on the street right now earnestly debating what kind of matching group Halloween costumes they should consider, because, and I quote, the Halloween clock is ticking. There are masquerades in our future. There are holidays to think about. It's too nice of a night to talk about anything that doesn't take place on a fire escape with a spider plant on it. In any voice other than a low tone while somebody nearby smokes a cigarette. It's too nice of a night here in this city that gave us pie a la mode. 
according to the neon sign of the diner across the street. Pie of the fashion. People are eating it in that diner even now, just as they ate it during the grand opening. They were eating it when we landed on the moon, and when we landed on Mars, and when we land wherever we land tomorrow. As long as we have the constant comfort of warm apples and cool ice cream, we don't have to behave like Norway rats spreading poison across nice breezy nights like this one. We're better than that. We are, aren't we? I know we are. Alert. He could be referring to the glowing neon pie sign in Tom Tom's diner. Ah, uh, wait, what? Was thinking same thing. Hotels and area? Hold on a second there, people. Murray Hill Towers is across the street from Tom Tom's, 39th and 2nd. Okay, all right. I don't know what you're referring to, but I'm going to turn this off now. It's distracting. That's better. That's much better. I'm going to give you some advice now. The truth is, you shouldn't want constant comfort. You shouldn't want warm apples and cool ice cream. You should never allow yourself to forget Bedlam. Because Bedlam is always there, slithering along under the hedges, waiting, taking care not to rustle the errant frond, lest you remember to expect it. Because when you forget about it, that's when it strikes. That's when regrettable things happen. That's when we have tragedies. That's when we make remarks. Bedlam feeds on Alamode. It feeds on us feeding on it. I'm being honest when I say this thing keeps me up at night. I'm sick from all this. And I'm talking about before the remark and the comments and the whatever. I'm talking about the kind of sickness where at first it's just a nagging headache, but pretty soon you're covered in sunburns and your blood is pumping the stuff that makes refrigerators stay cold and you can't conceive children anymore. The kind where when you finally wake up from your sick fog, you find that you have become some kind of weird mutant and you have to learn how to use clumsy pincers instead of hands. And then you realize that you are no longer the powerful terrarium hurler of your youth, but the unsuspecting land crab, thrown to the floor for some greater careless theatrical effect. And you are left to crawl around the sandy carpet, foreign synthetics mingling with your native soil, unable to comprehend how this could have possibly happened. And you are shocked and disillusioned. You are called upon to repent. You question your own soul. You wonder where you are, where you even came from in the first place. And if you should bother trying to get back there or just say, fuck it, retract into your soft shell and scurry onward to new frontiers under the sofa. I don't know if my mic is picking that up. There's some sort of commotion in the hall or in the stairwell. Drunks, perhaps. Anyway. At 11.30 a.m. on September 28th, I made a remark. A few minutes ago, I made a final apology in regards to that remark. It wasn't a very good apology, and for that, I'm sorry. 
I'm sorry. I have to go now. I have to get up and close the window. It's not that nice of a night after all. My hamburger has grown cold. The special sauce is coagulating on the plate. I hope you accept my apology. I hope we can all move on, because I really don't want to hear anything else. Getting on with James Urbaniak. Episode 2, A Public Apology, was written by Bree Williams and produced and performed by James Urbaniak.